Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Fashion entrepreneur Anine Bing is a very savvy businesswoman who knows how to seize her moment. An early adapter to the social media space, Anine, who is a former model and blogger, was one of the first to translate her online following into a successful fashion brand business. She launched her signature line back in 2012 out of the garage in her home in California. Her collection of chic staple pieces inspired by her Scandinavian heritage and the casual cool of her Los Angeles home base were an instant hit. Her online first business model, leveraging social media to market and promote her pieces, was a new strategy at the time she launched. But today, it's a formula that many are emulating. She reverse engineered her success, starting from the digital space and then moving into the more traditional brick and mortar arena because today, Anine is sitting on the top of a wardrobe essentials empire. Not only is her collection sold in more than 350 stores globally, she also has over 15 store locations around the world. And Anine continues to expand. She has moved into children's wear and has launched a successful line of perfume, not to mention sunglasses, shoes, bags, lingerie, and jewelry. I sat down with Anine in her stylish standalone store in the heart of Paris to discuss her impressive success story. I was curious to learn more about a woman who was able to translate her love of timeless style and relaxed elegance into a brand that is helping legions of women look picture perfect for their selfie. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It's the first face-to-face um, podcast interview I've done in ages, so years. <laughs> So nice to meet you and thank you for coming by my store here in Paris. It's a beautiful store. It really it really has a, a very clear vision and an aesthetic. So talk to me, for those who might not be familiar with the brand, maybe t- start with that. What is your aesthetic? What, what does your brand represent? You know, when I launched a brand nine years ago, I wanted, my dream was to create a modern day fashion house. And what I mean by that is I always thought fashion was either overly complicated or too simple maybe, right? So I wanted to create timeless pieces for the modern woman that she can just throw on in the morning and feel chic and comfortable and effortless in. I agree, that's definitely, it's it's very much clean lines and, and classic basics um, at, a, at also at a really, you know, affordable price point when you're looking at how fashion in general is going from incredibly expensive and incredibly cheap. There's There are really great stylish middle middle ground brands like yours. Exactly. So I saw the opportunity in that, right? And we started as an e-com business, D2C. And, mm-hmm. and then down the line, people asked if they could come. We started actually out of my garage in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm from Denmark, but uh, have been living in LA for the past 15 years. Uh, so we, you know, launched a brand from the garage, little web shop, but then people wanted to come in and try on the pieces. And I never meant to open stores all over the world, but it just happens organically, right? So then we just said, let's open a little store in LA. And, and then the brand slowly or quickly grew from there. <laughs> well, I mean, it is impressive over the 10 years what you've been able to accomplish. But I want to go back to the beginning yes. and, and talk about that moment when you said, this is what I want to do, because you're coming from a place of doing singing, of being an influencer blogger and all of that. Yeah. And there, and again, in 2012, the maybe the reception of the of the influencer blogger wasn't, you know, 
well-loved within the fashion industry, let's just yeah. put it nicely. What made you, you know, what made you say, let's launch this, that I can do this, you know, and then also just kind of the, the feedback and, the, and yeah. the reaction. I think it came very organically. You know, I, I had that blog. I don't have it anymore, but I had it for so many years. And before influences were, was really a thing. So right. I had built such a loyal community and, and they came to me for inspiration of what I was wearing, what like my travel tips, uh, and all that. So I felt I had such a loyal community. So when I decided to launch a brand, I didn't really talk to people about it. I, I'm always for action speaks louder than words. Mm -hmm. So, so I didn't worry too much about, of course, people always have their opinions, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I had a really strong vision and I knew it was going to take time to, to build up a respected fashion brand, but I took it step by step mm -hmm. and, and I just had to work hard and improve myself. And now nine years later, um, I feel like we're in a really good place. And why fashion? I mean, it was, I mean, there are options we've seen, you know, people who have gone into beauty or to, you know, health and wellness. Was mm. it, was fashion always a, a passion since yeah. young age? Since I was a little girl and looking through my grandmother's closet, I, I loved fashion and growing up, we didn't have very much money or, or anything. Right. So I, we were five siblings and I always got the hand-me-downs from my brothers and sister. And, and so I always had to experiment and create my own pieces to make it my own style. And so it was something I always loved. And I think I always had a sense of style when I look back at photos when I was 12. <laughs> you know, I, I have some cool pieces on that I created myself. And so I always loved it. And I think... I knew how to put together an outfit in a simple mm -hmm. way. And it didn't have to, you don't need a lot of money to create a style, right? So it's just about finding the right pieces and, and put it together. So I always loved experimenting. Yeah, and fashion is, is you know, such a democratic way of, of self-expression. It's an also very much a, a democratic way of artist, artistic like, form of expression as well, yeah. because everybody can, you know, everybody has to get dressed and it really does, it, it really is that first impression about a, per yeah. about a person. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And so you're the youngest of five, is that right? Next youngest. Next to the youngest. Yeah. Oh, so middle child kind of Middle child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the fact that you're coming up. It's been nine years, you mentioned, but it's yeah. so 10 years, a decade in. Uh -huh. Talk to me about the evolution of the brand over this time. You, you know, you said you were to direct to consumer, you know, all online. And, yeah. and But I, tell me about the evolution and, you know, looking back, like what are the biggest moments and the highlights of this last almost a decade? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. When I started the brand, it was just me and my husband. We did everything, customer service, production, design. We did it all, right? And I could never dream of that I would have a store in Paris, one in Sydney, three in New York, you know, stores. It was too big to even dream that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the 10 past years has been amazing and it has grown in the right amount of time because mm -hmm. I needed to grow as a person and as a designer and as a boss and woman, right, mm -hmm. to, to become who I am today and who the brand is today. So it's been incredible and, and it's such an exciting journey and I'm just so grateful that women all over the world want to wear my brand. You mentioned your husband, so he is the CEO, right? Yes. What is it like having, you know, a work and a, working together with your husband? So you have your life together and work. I mean, how do you separate the two or is it all a mishmash of everything? Oh, my together? God. Um, it's been so great and so bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but you know, it's so challenging, especially in the beginning. I was pregnant and we had a daughter that was like one year old when we mm -hmm. launched the brand. And That's crazy. That you know, so tough. you, you know, as a yeah. mom, right, your brain is so foggy. You try to do everything and, and then also then working with your husband, right? Mm -hmm. But he's incredible. He knows so much and I learned so much from him mm -hmm. and I come with my strengths and weaknesses and mm -hmm. as we both do, right? And we learn from each other and uh, complement each other really well. But it's now when we're almost 100 people in the office, it's mm -hmm. better, I think, because I can, I am in my office with my design team and the whole creative team and, mm -hmm. and he handle other aspects of the business. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been a there journey. There are a few buffers now to kind of get between the two of you. Exactly, because <laughs> too much is, is, can be too, yeah, but it's been great. I, I love that we could build this together mm -hmm. and it's been a fun journey for sure. You mentioned that you have uh, now, it sounds like a staff of 100 people. Yeah. You know, it's something to, you know, run your own blog and have a website and maybe have a small, you know, D2C online brand. It's yeah. another thing to be running a company with, you know, yeah. so many stores, 100, 100 people in your staff. How did you learn to become a leader? You know, how did, did you read books? Did you ask for advice? Did you just fail and pick yourself up? What's, what was the process? Because, yeah. you know, it's not something you are taught in school, let's say. No, for sure. Uh, it's learned by doing, you know, and I learned mm -hmm. as learned so much from my husband and then we have an incredible team, you know, mm -hmm. we started just me and him and then we could afford to hire one more person. We did that. And now we have some incredible people on the team and mm -hmm. I learned from them every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't be the leader 10 years ago that I am today, mm -hmm. but every day I learned something new and sometimes I fail and then I pick myself up and try again. All right. Well, we'll talk to me a little bit about, um, let's say failures cause or, or, you know, mistakes, but yeah. I actually think are like learning experiences, yeah. right? I, That's where you really learn the, the most, I, I think in a, in a career. Can you talk about over this last 10 years, what have been the kind of uh, missteps maybe that you've made where you really learned a lot and, and, and repositioned yourself in relationship to that? God, it's hard to just pick like one thing. There's mm -hmm. so many little things mm -hmm. throughout the way, right? Uh, anything from when you hire people to hire the right people, right? And mm -hmm. I always, maybe a little naive and just, you know, go with the flow and, and, and trust people. And sometimes I trust people too much. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned so much about manufacturing and the mistakes, you know, I remember the first denim production that came home, everything was too small. So we had to hand, like I had to cut out all the labels by hand and like, change all the sizing, right? So oh. you, you learn about the manufacturing, about the design process. Mm -hmm. It's important to not only think with your heart, but also mm -hmm. this a combination, right? Now we have a buying team, of course. And before I could fill in love with the piece, we need this, but mm -hmm. it might not be the right thing for. So we, we have a really good team now and I learn each day from, from them all. Um, and, and we all do mistakes and, mm -hmm. and, but they're learnings I feel like, and, and you can only get better. Mm -hmm. When did you feel that you were within within the process that you're like, okay, I think this is gonna work? Like, were you know, was it was there a particular person wearing a particular piece? Was there a particular like you know huge sale or or, or a one particular item that just you know blew out and you and you couldn't keep it in stock? Was there a moment you went like, I think this is gonna be what I'm gonna do with my life? I feel there has been many moments like that. And okay. in the beginning. I don't know if it's luck or whatever it is, but we started really early before all the brands realized the power of influences, right? Mm -hmm. So early on, all that, like the Cura Fargani, the mm -hmm. Sincerely Jewels, all these huge influences back then came mm -hmm. to the garage and, and picked out pieces because they loved them. That was before a brand started paying influences to wearing the brand, right? Mm -hmm. So 
that was a good moment. And and all the celebrities in LA also came by. And I remember Rosie Huntington Whiteley. She was one of our first celebrities coming oh. by and wearing our leather jacket. That was a big moment. Mm -hmm. um, Kendall Jenner wearing our lace bra with nothing over it to Coachella. You know, that was a huge moment. We sold out in a heartbeat. The, in a heartbeat. You yeah. know, so. There has been many moments like that along the way, mm -hmm. and and little by little, you just yeah, the brand grew grew and. Um, you know, we're both working moms, and and I and there you know you I spend so much time traveling. I'm working yeah. all the time, and and there's part of me that you know of course feels guilty about being away from my kids, but at the same time I say I'm I'm giving them an example. You know, they're showing showing that I'm loving what I do. I'm yeah. wondering how you are handling the work life balance and how you are trying to be an example for your kids because they're smaller. I mean, they're how old yeah, are they they're now? eight and ten now. Yeah, but okay. they were babies when you started. When we started. Yeah. So it was harder when they were little, yeah. uh, especially traveling. I I didn't like it, mm -hmm. you know, to leave them mm -hmm. home and travel. But but I also have always brought them into the office, and they know I love what I do. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's the key to to inspire them, right? To follow mm -hmm. their dreams. And, and I work with my husband, so we kind of just, we take turns uh, on Tag who travel, me. yeah, mm -hmm. who travel, who works. And mm -hmm. we always like that one is home with them. Um, but when they were little, I had Benjamin, my son, on the desk in a little, uh, what do you call these? Uh, uh, yeah, a little like um, yeah, seat things, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. so yeah. he was there and uh, and my daughter was in a stroller and we just, you know, we, we just made it work and, mm -hmm. And sometimes we bring them on the trips when we went somewhere to open a new store. And mm -hmm. and it's a lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. so you, you got to love what you do. Otherwise, there's no way you can work this hard and raise kids at the same time, I think. Yeah. Um, are they wanting to follow in your footsteps? Is your daughter wanting to? Is she like sketching next to you kind oh, of thing? Or? She's such an incredible artist. She, really? Yeah, she, she loves painting, sketching. And my son says she, he want to be the CEO of the company. When it, ah. Who knows? But they can whatever they want to do, you know. They mm -hmm. they should go and and try mm -hmm. try it all, and then. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned you you know traveling for opening stores um, mm -hmm. around the world. There we can't say you know how this last year and a and a half has affected everything, but it's definitely affected you know the fashion industry and how people look at fashion and and you know everybody's you know readjusting their priorities and what matters to them. Yeah, I'm curious as to for you. Um, what this last year and a half has has made you think about, you know, what you want to do with your company and with life and like what have been those, you know, big aha moments maybe for you? It was a really important year for me, actually, because I was overworked before mm. and super overwhelmed almost to the point, you know, where it was too much. So this past year has been important. I had more time to just whew, breathe and like look at at the company, but also at the family. What is important, right? Mm -hmm. How much time should I be? working how much time should I be home with the kids right mm -hmm. and and we also made some changes we decided to move out of LA actually oh really yeah okay uh, to a more a little more quiet place mm -hmm. where we can still drive into the office when we need to but mm -hmm. it's been such a great year for the company too we realized we don't have to be in the office every day right right so now we're going to have a more hybrid way Flex, of working yeah, yeah more flexible way of working which has been incredible for the team too I think mm -hmm. um some people thrive in office, other thrive more at home. So we're mm -hmm. gonna do a combination, right? And it's been a really important year, and just to slow down mm -hmm. and rethink a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of the things that pe a lot of people are rethinking, and you know, you actually come from. You mentioned it earlier. You know, from the digital space, um, and then moved into, you know, brick and mortar retail. Yeah. 
and a lot of people, there are a lot of brands that are, who were, you know, being hosted in multi-mark, uh, you know, department stores and others that just got slammed and have decided we're just going to go D to C. We're not going to deal with anybody else. We're not going to have brick and mortar. It's all going to be online. Yeah. But I'm wondering in, in relationship to that aspect of the business of retail, what are, what are your thoughts? People, of course, during the pandemic, when people couldn't be out shopping right. and we had to shut our stores, that was one thing. But now people, they're ready again, I feel yeah. like. Um, and we see it in our stores, too. People are so excited to come in. They want to feel the product. So mm -hmm. even though e com is such an important part of the business, I still loving having the physical stores. Mm -hmm. and, and it is a great part of our business. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like the combination. The combination. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm also curious in relationship to the social media or, you know, there's so many different platforms. There's TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, of yeah. course. How do you guys kind of manage the storytelling across that? Because, again, the, the last year and a half has really proven that storytelling is such an integral yeah. part of how and how it has to be targeted to each one. I'm just curious as to how, how you're thinking about that online messaging that's so important these days. Super important. And something... I think that it's our advantages. I run my personal account and I have around 1 million followers. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then we have the brand account, which is, I don't know, is it 350,000 or something, yeah. right? So the brand account is very curated. Our social team runs it. Of mm -hmm. course, I oversee it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very much about the brand. Mm -hmm. And then I run my own personal account. And in there, I, I try to make it a little more personable, invite them into my life. It's mm -hmm. a mix of my work life but I also invite them into my home and mm -hmm. show my kids a little bit here and there mm -hmm. and and show how I style the pieces and so I it's two very important platforms mm -hmm. for us of course um and that's a way to and are you are you branching out I know so you have the two Instagram but yeah. are you also trying because there are some who argue it's not important for you to be on Facebook on YouTube on blah 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 are you being more targeted in your on the platforms that you use, or are you trying to be? Instagram has always been your home. Our, our, yes, and that's what I personally feel comfortable and very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact you just snap a photo and you don't have to. It's easy, right? Yeah. And in the moment, and some of the other platforms are too. But we're actually talking about it right now. We're oh. hiring a new person to handle that whole. I don't know, TikTok, you know, my, <laughs> yeah, my daughter do. Yeah, uh, exactly. My daughters are educating me on TikTok. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, you know, that's when you need a, other people to come with the inside. And because mm -hmm. I only know so much mm -hmm. about about that. Yeah, um, you can't be an expert in everything. You want no. to surround yourself with people who are experts in their field. 1000%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, talk to me about, you know, because, you know, you talked earlier a little bit about the hiring process. Is that, mm -hmm. is, is that changed at all for you? Are you still looking for the same things or has that been, you know, it's sometimes it's very hard because you can really hit it off with someone and then, you know, maybe they're just not the, the right fit for, I, I'm just curious exactly. how you, yeah, how that's You know, evolved. now when we have in the beginning, I was sitting in all the interviews and interviewing everyone. I can't do that anymore, uh -huh. right? So I, I interview, of course, the people that I am going to work really closely with. But mm -hmm. then we have all the team leaders within each team that, that interview. And I, and I think it's a combination of, of course, a good resume. But it's not only that. For me, it, mm -hmm. it's really about a personality and that go-getter mentality. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you can have an amazing resume, but then don't know how to work in real life right yeah. and so for me the people I hire at least I, I really want them just to have that roll up the sleeves and, mm -hmm. and ready to take on any 
anything. And when you're ready to work that hard, you can really grow within the company. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know sometimes that can be a challenge for people, you know, in smaller companies yeah. where they feel like there's no move. Oh no. You know, yeah. they, a, a girl that we hired from the beginning, she, she's now on the exec team, right? Yeah. She was the first employee and, mm -hmm. and now she's sitting on the exec team. So, so there's really people who really, who show what they've got. Yeah. Move up. Okay. 1,000%. Good to hear. Good yeah. to hear. Um, so you talking about the exec team, you are a powerhouse female boss. I want to ask you what kind of advice you would give to, you know, other young women about being a leader and what mm. that is like to, and how you balance that. And some, you know, sometimes women really have a, a challenge of difficulty stepping out and taking yeah. ownership and being in that leadership position. Like yeah. what advice would you give to other women? I think it's really important to have a vision and then stick to to your gut and listen to it. something I always do and talk about is listening to your gut feeling because mm -hmm. you know when you know. And and as a woman, I feel off like my gut feeling tells me the truth ninety nine point nine percent of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, but it's then also of course have a strong vision, work hard. Nothing comes for free or easy, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you got to be prepared to really put everything it everything it takes into it and then um build a great team around you that is so important because you can't do everything yourself mm -hmm. uh you can't be an expert within each area mm -hmm. uh, but an advice i actually got from my husband when we started the company is that do learn a little bit about every position right mm -hmm. we did everything i did customer service i packed the orders i did a little bit of manufacturing a little bit of everything because now when i sit in meetings with all the teams i have a better understanding of what they're actually doing, right? Mm -hmm. And what, they're, what challenges they're facing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I wanted to ask you is, what's fascinating you right now? Because, you know, again, this last year, we, people have tried new hobbies, people have got interested in new, you know, things, or started reading new books. Uh, you know, and sometimes what's fascinating in us or what we've, you know, decided to kind of explore can have influences in other areas. So I'm curious as to what's fascinating to you personally, professionally, you know, what does that bring up when I ask that question? Ooh. What a tricky question. <laughs> I God, I haven't thought about this. Um, but I think during this past year, I I really hate to cook, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I really want to cook. So mm -hmm. something this last year, I asked all my friends, I bought this recipe book. And every time a friend come over, I tell them, teach me the easiest because I can't cook. I'm a really okay, bad I'm cook. I'm terrible. I hate yeah, it. So I hate I, it. It's too much I, pressure. Totally. So I tell them, teach me your most simple but delicious meal. So mm -hmm. then they write down their 20 to 30 minutes, you know, ah. recipe in this book. And my goal is now to learn, get better at cooking and hopefully enjoying it because that's something mm. I never had in me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have like two things I can do well and that's about it. Like, exactly. Yeah, so I would, I'm not, yeah, that natural foodie that just throw something together, but I would, I would want to learn. I feel you. Yeah. I, I can relate. Um, I did want to circle back around because again, uh, you know, storytelling has really become apparent as something that um, brands need to get even better at doing, you know, yeah. than, uh, than pre pandemic um, messaging. But another thing that's really come up is this idea of buying less, buying better, buying mm. sustainably. Yeah. And I was wondering how maybe your brand and how you have been addressing that before and maybe now going forward, how you're going to yeah. continue. I think ever since the start, we've been really good at not overproducing clothes. Mm. A lot of brands, you know, they produce way too much and then they burn it or do it, yeah. right? So from the start, we've been really conscious of not overproducing, doing small collections. We do the weekly drops, mm -hmm. which means we can control the inventory in a much different way, right? Mm. And other things we do, 
we design very timeless fashion. And so when you invest in one hour blazers, it's great today, but it will also be amazing in 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Quality wise, but also the look of it. So, mm -hmm. and then of course we're looking, there's so much more to do, mm -hmm. right? Um, and something. We, no, but I think those, those are, you know, when we talk about sustainability in yeah. that way, you know, something that lasts a very long time, yeah. that's not thrown away after it's three washes. It's not fast fashion. Yeah, fast fashion. Yeah. yeah. That has its own value. Yeah, value. No, for sure. Yeah. But, and then you mentioned about we do weekly drops. Yes. Um, which is, again, there's a huge debate within the, you know, the more, you know, the high end luxury with the fashion weeks and yeah. the seasons and all of that, which just feels out of date to or no longer coherent with the way people shop there yeah. you know there's this idea of maybe more collaborations and smaller drops and you know not seasons but you know collection one two and three but I wanted to get your thoughts about how the the industry is evolving in that sense I feel more and more you know when we started we were one of the not a lot of brands or I don't know if any did it that way right mm -hmm. but when we started almost 10 years ago we always did the weekly drops okay. and that was our way I saw I have, you know, have had my blog and doing Instagram and I saw that people, they saw something they didn't want to wait six months right. until they could get it, right? right. So I just saw that, that that was a great idea to to launch a business that way. Mm -hmm. And and still today, I see more and more businesses are doing, even the luxury fashion yeah. houses are, are starting to work that mm -hmm. way, right? And we never did the fashion show in the fashion weeks. Mm -hmm. We always did it our way mm -hmm. and it's been working really well for us. And so we, you know, designed the four collections a year but then we just divide them up to weekly drops and every week there's something mm -hmm. new and exciting and it's also a good way of keeping the customer engaged of course and mm -hmm. and always finding something new mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right i think it's time now for my five generic fashion questions Ooh. that i ask everybody <laughs> okay okay so the first question is what is your favorite piece of clothing that you own that you could like burning your house is burning down i'm gonna grab this one piece what would that be i think a blazer, maybe even this blazer. I just feel really good in a blazer. I did an interview earlier this morning with Vogue and, and they asked me a similar question. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and I think a blazer is just the perfect piece to throw over anything you have in your closet. So mm -hmm. I would grab a blazer because then I would always know I would be chic. Okay, well now you kind of answered my second question uh -oh. because no, <laughs> so we're, now we're in trouble. Um, no, but so the second question is, you know, we were talking about earlier, not everybody has a huge budget for, you know, luxury items. No. Granted, your piece is more, you know, um, attainable. You can put your pennies aside mm. and save it. But if there was one piece or, you know, one item of clothing, you know, in general that you would, you think somebody should save up to invest in, you know, in a designer piece, what would that be? You know, was it a, you know, a, a blazer? Is it a pair Ex of jeans? Like, what would be that one thing you're like, okay, save your pennies and buy this? I really love a good blazer and yeah. it doesn't have to, be, you don't have to save up. You can literally find a really great blazer at a vintage store, yeah. right? So, and that's the great thing about fashion, right? It's, mm -hmm. and style, it doesn't, you can create your own beautiful style. You just need to have the eye for it, right? Then you can go to a flea market and, and find that cool grandpa blazer mm -hmm. or whatever it is, right? And, mm -hmm. and and style it with other pieces. And Or you can go to a luxury fashion house and get an amazing Chanel blazer, yeah. right? And, yeah, yeah. and that's great too. So And you can even get a, a vintage Chanel. I mean, yeah. totally. So <laughs> Yeah, that's so great. It's wonderful to see how the the fashion industry is, or at least, you know, people in general have like really embraced the secondhand vintage kind yeah. of things in a way that, the, you know, Gen Zs and millennials are really, don't, yeah. there's not a stigma about it the yeah. way they're in the past. All right. So who is your favorite designer, living or dead, fashion designer? Coco Chanel. Hmm. Okay. I just another know, girl boss. Yeah. Yeah. Really inspiring, and and you know the way she built that 
amazing fashion house. I think that journey is incredible and mm -hmm. her for sure. Yeah, one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, what trend will you never follow? I don't follow trends. My goal with my company is to create timeless pieces mm -hmm. that work season after season. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't. No trends. No trends. Good answer. All right, last question. What do you love most about fashion? What I love most about fashion is that you can express yourself. And I think like my advice to women is dress for yourself, don't dress for others and find your own style because when you're comfortable in yourself, mm -hmm. you will shine. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was such a delight getting to Thank know you. you. It's been it's wonderful. So fun. Thank you for <laughs> making this. Uh, yeah, I haven't done any interviews throughout the whole COVID. So this was a great one. Yeah, Thank not you. too painful. No, you're wonderful. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank Perfect. you. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.